0: To discuss the real issues affecting Australia and New Zealand, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by The Unshackled.net and The Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry Show. Now, here are Tim Wilms and Stephen Berry, live from Melbourne.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trad Tasman Talk for another week on this Friday the 16th of September 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here live in Melbourne where it is 6pm.
2: And I'm Stephen Berry, columnist for the BFD.co.nz also here in Melbourne and it's so wonderful to be back after about a month off
1: yes good to have you back as as well it was august the 12th our last show together obviously trad tasman talk returned last week uh, with Due, uh, which it was a, a catch-up show where we we caught up on all the the latest uh, developments over the month the reason for obviously a, the hiatus was that i moved home i you recently did that as well so we both yes. know what deal it is
2: it sounds like yours went better than mine i'm still well i haven't had to pay for the internet for about four months now because it's so crap i keep complaining and they keep on just giving me more and more internet and coming up with other solutions seems to be pretty good today but we'll see
1: well mine died last week and so <laughs> duo for the first time had to ad lib uh, go on without me for a bit uh, but fingers crossed mine holds up when i played it back i did notice that i was was out of sync so uh hello to everyone in the 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 live chat if you notice that uh, any of us are out of sync please uh let us know as always we're live on the unshackled and right minds youtube channels and the the right minds uh, facebook page Hello, Kesho. Sure hello, of hello. Love, uh, Charlotte. Hello, uh, peak Aussie man. Hello, I'm a stupid moron with a, with a big butt. And, uh, of course, uh, we're on entropy, as always, where you can send a direct question or send through Super Chat to support the production of the show. We have our Q&A at the end of the, the program. Uh, let's start with well, how we've uh, normally had to start the show over the past two and a half years, and that is with the health update. And Jacinta Ardern has uh, finally ditched uh, New Zealand's COVID traffic light system. Sorry. Uh, she it's didn't even let it get to green. it It's been
2: retired. <laughs> it's been months and months of orange, never got to green, and now it's just over.
1: Yes, so uh, this was all announced on on Monday, and uh, Jacinta Ardern, her demeanour uh, when it came to a uh, managing, announcing that uh, we're going back to to normal, it's it's quite a change. So we'll we'll play a some highlights uh, from her uh, back to the new normal press conference.
0: This is the time when finally, rather than feeling that COVID dictates what happens to us, our lives and our future, we take control back as we continue to drive economic activity and our recovery. This will be the first summer in three years where there won't be the question of what if, where events won't be cancelled because of COVID cases, where our borders are fully reopened and there isn't the fear of being separated or stranded. The first summer where we have our certainty, and that means, I hope, the first summer where the COVID anxiety can start to heal. As a nation, COVID has hurt us in many ways, but perhaps the one we talk about less than others is the toll it's taken on everyone's mental health. I see that toll. I see it in my colleagues, in my community in Tamaki Makoto, and especially I see it in our kids. I don't want people's well-being to be the price of COVID, but it is going to take a concerted effort from us as government and others for that not to be the case. And so while the worst of the pandemic in many ways is over, now is the time for us to keep tackling what it left behind. And I believe we can. People will use masks for their own individual reasons. They may personally be vulnerable. They may have events they want to make sure they're not unwell for. They may not have had COVID-19. We all just need to respect everyone's individual decisions. You talk about taking back control, but isn't this about you giving up control you
3: have over New Zealanders' lives?
0: This is about New Zealanders finally having certainty, certainty that was taken away by COVID. It's fair to say that it, I think, cast a cloud, because whilst you know we had long periods without COVID in this country, there was always that sense of potential anticipation. Now, Uh, those periods are gone. We move forward with confidence, knowing that we're not going to use those measures in the future, uh, and we have a new period to move into this summer.
3: Um, Do you have any final departing words for our friends, the COVID restrictions? Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, They were probably more frenemies.
3: (laughs) You know, they, they,
0: they did the job we needed. You know, they kept people alive and safe, Uh, And, of course, we had longer periods of freedom than most other countries. It it was hard, no doubt, Um, but I think now is a real milestone to mark. And I feel very pleased that we have reached this day.
1: Yes, and this meme was going uh, around how it started, Uh, advocating for a two-tier society based on medical choices that's what it is so yep yep and now we all need to respect everyone's individual uh, decisions
2: what a flip around I mean that's a speech I could have made um in terms of respecting everyone's individual decisions and she's clearly poll driven and she has good reason to be there they're not going that well for labor at the moment well, she took. Uh, but so- it to the freedom that she spoke about as well. We had freedom for much longer than most of the rest of the world. No, you didn't. You shut down the bloody borders. That's that's the absolute opposite of freedom. No ability yeah. to leave. Not ability to come back, even if you're a citizen. Don't talk to me about the freedom you managed to preserve with three years of bloody restrictions.
1: And uh, on uh, Douay's uh, Telegram channel, uh, he shared uh, Paul Joseph Watson's uh, savage uh, takedown of uh, Jacinta Ardern's backflip, uh, saying, "The nerve of this woman, shit-eating grin woman, has been taken down a peg or two. So, uh, <laughs> people to to watch that. But yeah. Uh, It's it's always that uh, when masks become voluntary, oh, respect people who still want to wear masks, but it was but it was never uh, respect people who don't want to wear masks.
2: No, and um, masks will still be required in uh, health and aged care settings, so they're not they're not going away completely. Um, The mandates all disappear in two weeks' time. Vaccine Um, mandates. Yeah, the vaccine mandates. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure whether that applies to the health sector as well. Um, the government's I been. I think a bit it does. Uh, I think
1: she said that like there some health providers can have their own vaccine mandates, but it's not going to be government, which always should should have been the the case. And uh, uh, she's gotten rid of them on uh, planes and and public transport, which is actually uh, going further than Australia. Only uh, Western Australia has got rid of its mandates on public transport, but uh, hardly anyone wears them on public transport anymore. I mean, you don't wear a mask on public transport and you haven't uh, been choked by a PSO for not wearing a mask.
2: No, no. The worst thing that's happened is they offered me a mask once. What'd you do? I, I, I said thank you and I wore it.
1: Ah, <laughs> coward.
2: Oh, I had, a, I had shit to do that didn't include getting arrested and fined. Leave me alone.
1: <laughs> so, uh, former uh, national opposition leader Judith Collins uh, said something of a festive air on uh, fly air new zealand this evening masks are so depersonizing people just happy to be able to see smiles again that's apparently her smile that's (laughs) she's not putting much effort into that smile
2: oh she's a hard woman tim she's a very hard tough woman they don't call her crusher for nothing
1: maybe if she smiled a bit more like it would you know it would like damage her face (laughs)
2: I have heard it said that, you know, in some cases the masks were nicer because most people have very nice eyes. You never hear anybody say, oh, that person's got ugly eyes. But once you take the masks away, now we can see into a big hole in everybody's faces.
1: And, uh, but uh, that's probably part of the reason why there's uh, quite a few not happy that uh, masks are no longer mandatory in New Zealand. Uh, Fake News Hub uh, ran a a segment uh, interviewing a, a whole range of people who decry oh, the so. of, of mask mandates.
3: The government is facing backlash over its decision to drop vaccine mandates and its COVID protection framework.
2: Nurses and public health experts are feeling blindsided by the move, and as Alexa Cook reports, even some members of the public aren't ready for it.
3: Masks may no longer be mandatory on public transport, but passengers are still opting to cover up. It makes you feel a lot safer, uh, especially on public transport.
0: I'm keeping mine on for a wee bit. Yeah.
3: Ditching masks on public transport and in supermarkets has left some feeling
2: nervous. I was a little hesitant, I would have to say. It'd be a really good idea
4: to keep on with them, particularly for people like me who are immunocompromised.
3: Some bus drivers agree. The bus drivers will, will feel more protected if, uh, you know, passengers wear masks. They want plastic barriers to protect them. So that they don't get any sicknesses and also it actually prevents any assaults as well. And if you're flying into New Zealand, vaccinations and tests on arrival are no longer legally required, raising the risk of new COVID variants sneaking in. Lots of other places around the world aren't testing either, means we might not know that new variants have arisen. So um, that is definitely a concern. Warning that scrapping restrictions could be a big, expensive mistake, with further waves of the virus likely and no plan in sight. I'm disappointed that I haven't seen anything about how we're going to deal with this moving forward. A feeling the nursing workforce shares. The mandates need to to stay. We, this, is, this is huge, this is significant,
0: and we've got a workforce in crisis. There was no longer that grounds to maintain the mandate, given the high rates of vaccination, but also given the amount of... COVID that people have experienced.
3: But while COVID cases might be dropping, the workload for hospitals isn't. Emergency departments around the country are still under massive pressure and the sector's worried about how it'll cope with future surges in cases. We've got a workforce that's already depleted so our ability to respond in a timely way is going to be our major concern. A concern they're hoping the government hears. Alexa Cook, News Hub.
2: Okay, okay. So uh, aside from the giant pink-eared woman, which we all knew was going to complain about it anyway, because she's she's had about 16 and a half minutes of fame, and she doesn't want to let go uh, of it. Uh,
1: remind us about her uh, uh, time in the sea last year.
2: Yes, well, was Susie Wiles, and uh, she spells her name Susie as in the um, American Indian tribe. Um, rather than Susie, as she was named, because she is a cultural appropriating hypocrite. Uh, But uh, during the previous uh, Level 4 lockdown, she was found to be sitting on a beach with a friend, uh, talking with no masks on, during the time when it was compulsory to wear them everywhere. And she even stood by while her friends walked in the water, which was also against the law at the time. Not because you catch COVID from it, but because the police didn't want to have to focus on saving people from other things other than COVID. Um, But it's also interesting to see um, the other um, opponent there is from the nurses' union organisation. Unions are always the last ones to support any reduction in restrictions yeah it's because the same. Yeah. milking that system man um those labor shortages are doing wonders for their overtime and when's the last time you saw a union say hey maybe we, maybe we'll you know go a bit further to try and help others instead of sticking within the parameters of our jobs at the least
1: uh, judith collins uh, at the time uh called susie wilkes a big fat hypocrite and uh, i think the reason why she wasn't picked up by the police they just thought it was a, a beached whale and that's uh, <laughs> a, 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 something for the animal uh welfare department <laughs> well
2: it's a good thing they didn't get their eyes on it they would have shot her uh, but of course um judith collins was not um uh literally calling her fat and uh collins well, was just saying she's literally... a big
1: fat hypocrite that
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a a, a whole phrase, it was a hypocrisy that was fat, because, I mean, Collins isn't a, I wouldn't call her a slim woman as much as I uh, like her, but, um, yeah, she did get a lot of heat in the election for referring to Susie Wiles as fat, and, um, to her credit, Collins actually doubled down and said, well, you know, being fat is actually a bad thing.
1: Uh, She She also
2: lost the election by miles (laughs)
1: I mean, she she's probably like the the best. It would have been the best prime minister that uh, New Zealand had if she was ever elected, but she just had such incredibly low popularity. Uh, so Which was surprising
2: the... because in all the years where she was the rumor, rumored to be the next leader. Um, And she got rejected by caucus again and again and again because national elects its leaders by caucus, Labour elects it through the party. Um, And then eventually once um, Todd Muller dropped out after two months for mental health reasons, there was really no other options in the room. So she got her chance. um, But, you know, it turns out the caucus were probably right all along.
1: Uh, New Zealand is still keeping the mandatory uh, seven-day isolation for positive cases, but close contacts can go to work if they test themselves a gazillion times during yeah. that period. In Australia, we've gone down to uh, five days uh, for people who, who don't work in frontline healthcare. Uh, close contacts still have to go through all of those uh Testing uh, hoops. The mandatory uh, isolation period is going to be discussed at uh, the national cabinet in a fortnight because New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet wants to get rid of mandatory isolation altogether. Though he still hasn't got rid of mandatory masks on public transport, he probably needs to do that uh, first. Uh, The mandatory uh, isolation payments uh, from the the government—they'll uh, continue for as long as isolation is mandatory because the the government's forcing you to stay at home. Then, of course, they should compensate you for yes. that. But um, and uh, but we the also the UK's
2: have... dropped isolation requirements altogether it's, now. It's, and it's just self-regulating. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, they have uh. Uh, no mask mandates anywhere, not even in healthcare settings. Of course, the healthcare providers can set their own mask mandates. So we're, you know, both Australia and New Zealand, we're almost there in like going... Completely back to uh, 2019. Uh, this week is the the first uh, week of every state and territory having weekly COVID updates. Though uh, state of Victoria has been sneaking in daily updates on the on the website. Uh, but uh, the 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 COVID uh, zeros, the the masks uh, zealots. Uh, of course, they you know, hashtag COVID is not over. hashtag uh, mask up. And uh, uh, one of the Teal Independents, Dr. Monique Ryan, member for Kuyong, uh was uh, this week uh, demanding a national summit on uh, COVID because uh, f- uh, what, uh, what Australia definitely needs is another summit after the snooze fest of the jobs and skills summit. Uh, but uh, and Who are they going might... to
2: invite to the summit? I mean, presumably it's to discuss um, the best scientific way to deal with COVID. Oh well, how um, many other special interests? What what she would uh,
1: what she would want, without saying, is you know planning for more restrictions. But uh, she she uses these uh, cryptic phrases. And uh, later on in this uh, this uh, montage I've put together, she's confronted about uh, her own use of masks.
4: Even though we would love it to go away, I'd love it to go away, we'd all love it to be gone. It hasn't gone and it's not going away. We need to be cognizant of that and we need to be responsive to it and give people a sense of how we're going to deal with this over the next six to 12 months. We all remember how awful last summer was, the summer of Omicron. If a new variant emerges from the northern winter, as is likely, we don't have a plan at this point for how we're going to deal with it. Fatigue and messaging are the two most important things here and what the government needs to do, and I would hope that a summit would achieve this, is to rejig things, get everyone into the same room, the economists, the people from industry, the healthcare workers, people from secondary and tertiary education, childcare, disability care, aged care, and say, look, we can't get rid of this. It's with us. We have to deal with it. We'll do it together. How are we going to do that? Well, this is the plan if we have a small scale outbreak. This is what happens if we get something moderately nasty coming towards us. And this is what the plan will be if if it all really goes to hell over summer. And then everyone understands what the future looks like and on what basis those decisions are being made. Can the minister please explain how he proposes to manage the oncoming national significant burden of disability and chronic illness. Put your masks on. From repeated infection. Order. From from repeated infection with COVID-19. You don't
1: always wear a mask inside. In fact, Sky News has been sent a video of you at a local event in Hawthorne. I just want to show it to you, dancing in in close quarters with others at the Hawthorne Community Chest trivia night. That was August 19, less than three weeks after you told your parliamentary colleagues to put on the mask. Isn't there an inconsistency there?
4: Uh, Look, as I said, Karen, I don't always wear a mask. I don't wear a mask if I'm eating or drinking. Uh, I didn't know you had that video. It's interesting who you've chosen to show in that video and who's who's been edited out of it. But, um, uh, look, I, I think, you know, the reality is that COVID is with us. And we need to live with it. And we need to keep each other safe Mm. as best we can. And we all have to make individual decisions at different times based on the circumstances. I don't eat, drink, sleep and wash in in a mask, but I do wear a mask where I'm, I'm worried about keeping the people that I work with safe.
1: But I guess the reason why I think it's relevant and I guess the reason why Sky News was provided with the video is because it's the question of do you practice what you preach or is this hypocritical from you?
4: Well, I do wear a mask when I'm at work. I wear a mask when I'm around other people and I feel I can't socially isolate. I don't keep a mask on 24-7. This question... I'm not talking... You know, you can go after me, Karen. that's absolutely fine. It's it's not a problem. I think what would be better would be to concentrate on how do we best keep Australians safe from what is the biggest um, concern to our healthcare in our Mm, generation.
2: Well, surely... Having no plan is a plan, and well, um, we are, to me, yeah, that would be my plan.
1: Overt. Like she, but uh, of course, uh, because uh, there's not uh, all the rules that uh, she would like there to be, particularly uh, masks. Even though, well, as with uh, I added a, a few extra maskless photos of her at the the footy where you can't socially distance and her at work meeting uh, Jacinta Ardern you can see with what she was saying is like without saying there's like oh we need a plan for increased restrictions uh, because we've got to be concerned that summer is is coming and there there could be a new variant even though Omicron uh, came from southern Africa where it was spring summer like it was uh, Australia and Last summer was was great. Uh, the milder Omicron strain gobbled up all the deadly uh, Delta, made our PCR and contact tracing system uh, collapse. And so ever since then, it's just been a gradual uh, decrease in government interference.
2: Also, and that's the other thing. I mean, if, if you do buy the story that government needs to plan around future COVID outbreaks, um, the the... the the number of variants that there are that we don't even talk about in the media because they're not sexy or numerous are um, oh. uh, countless. Yeah, and uh, like... by the time you write your plan, it's already out of date for you know whatever other mild uh, variant comes along. Um, I mean, she's, she's just applying leftist economics to everybody else's private lives.
1: I follow Tom Peacock from the uh, Imperial College of London, virologist there, because he's always searching for for the next uh, variant. So there's a few, what is it, uh, BA two subvariants, including uh, now BJ one, uh, which is it's a bit of mouthful uh, that variant. Apparently, they <laughs> deep, right deep down in your 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 throat, and could bring many people. Down to their knees. So you sort of think with uh, the, the the BJ variant, they're just taking the piss now.
2: <laughs> oh, any, anything to avoid using that one that would upset the Chinese.
1: Uh, Pete Cosiman says there's probably millions of variants by now it's a flu well we have to remember that the Spanish flu pandemic is not over after 104 years we're still influenza A continues to spit out uh, new variants so you know we need uh, hashtag Spanish uh, Spanish flu pandemic not over as well we need a summit on that as well
2: See, the Spanish flu was um, at its peak for no more than two years um initially, it would kill you in less than 24 hours because your lungs would just fill up with water and you would drown. Mm. Um, and yet yeah, we've got something that doesn't even come close to that sort of uh, more, mortality, and we're still fussing over we, whether we wear a mask in a, in a supermarket.
1: A useless uh, surgical mask which i just published on the the unshackled.net uh how mask is a superstition unless it's like a personally tailored n95 respirator it's a it's a useless mask and plus like you're more likely to get covid when you're dancing in like a you know community center uh, than. Well, uh, oh is
2: that what she was doing i thought she was having a stroke
1: Oh, <laughs> terrible dancing. That was just horrendous to, to watch. Uh, but yeah, you're more likely to get COVID in, in those sorts of social situations than just passing someone in the, the supermarket. And of course, uh, Monique Ryan, she managed to beat uh, Liberal Treasurer Josh Frydenberg at the election um certainly uh, given how she one
2: term one term wonder well to that's do. what uh,
1: that's that's what certainly i'm hope, hoping we all thought that uh the new labor member for higgins the the seat right next to kuyong dr michelle anajaraja who's COVID zero we thought that she'd be uh, uh terrible but uh, she's you know towed the party line um but uh, monique ryan because she's independent, she's just gone, you know, all out with COVID hysteria.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, she's way behind the times now talk about failing to read the room,
1: Mm. but,
2: uh, uh, it's it's the same tactics. It's all about control and tax and, uh, regulating every moment of your life. And it's probably a lot more popular these days too.
1: Mm. Uh, We had um, the Labor uh, Deputy Lord Mayor of Melbourne, Nicholas Rees, excited uh, about cruise ships uh, coming back. A a hearty welcome to the Coral Princess and her 2,000 uh, passengers. Uh, I think that...
2: uh, Probably no bigger vector of germs than a cruise ship.
1: You're more likely to probably get gastro now. That's more likely to mess you up than... uh, (laughs) <laughs> they're then COVID on a, on a cruise ship. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Victorian Department of, of Health, uh, they they haven't released the weekly COVID numbers, uh, but put out today, monkeypox facts. Did you know most, but not all cases of uh, MPX are in men who have sex with men?
2: It's interesting. They've learned how to define what a man is. Now we just yes. need a female disease, and they'll be able to determine what a woman is. Oh, I know that. Um, oh, breast, breast cancer, breast cancer, a woman's disease. Maybe uh, if you chest, get chest, not chest not exclusively, cancer. no, <laughs> no, cervical cancer. That's what I was thinking of. Maybe that that's how we'll define what a woman is.
1: And uh, all those uh, chief health officers who are missing the the limelight, um, uh, you could get a a new uh, bacteria named after you. So uh, the Chief Health Officer of South Australia, Nicola uh, uh, Spurrier, who's been reappointed by Premier uh, Peter Malinowskis for another three years, she's had a bacteria uh, named after her that uh, was discovered at the uh, in a lab in uh, the University of, of Adelaide. Uh, so I assume that it it's wasn't actually... discovered
2: in her personally.
1: Uh, it's, well, it's named in her honour. I assume oh, that it's bacteria found on pizza boxes, given that she thought she discovered a new various, uh, COVID variant that transmitted on pizza boxes that she locked down the state over, or it could be uh, found on uh, footballs, given that she told uh, people in footy crowds to, if the balls kick through, the goals, duck and just do not touch that ball.
2: Oh well, I mean she's in good company. Beyoncé, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger have also had uh types of bacterium named after them.
1: Well, there's a uh, there's a there's a tumor named after uh my family, the the Wilms uh tumour, so
2: <laughs> Well, at least there's not a syndrome like uh, the Downs family's been named after.
1: Hmm. What is it? You're named after obviously berries.
2: Which yeah. can have uh
1: some poison in them. Hmm. And now uh, you've uh, uh, conducted another Mr. Barry poll of polls and well, this is the the taxpayers union. How do you say that Korea?
2: Yeah. So this is Korea, which used to do the polling for the national party. Now they do it for the taxpayers union and people think there's a right wing bent on the poll actually, um, I've been maintaining a polar poll of polls since February 2020, um, I, about the same time I gave up enjoying life. Um, and so while this looks very promising, with national up three points to 37%, Labour down one8 to 33.4%, ACT Party up to 124 that's one of their better results for quite some time. The Greens, pretty flat. Uh, New Zealand First has dropped. The Māori Party is very... Um, uh, has very erratic polling. They've polled up to 4% in this poll previously, 5% um, in the Roy Morgan polls. And uh, the New Conservative Party were, and Opportunities Parties have um, never previously been mentioned in Korea, so I don't know whether they're up or down. 1.5% is a good result for the New Conservatives. Um, so on those numbers, National with 47 and ACT New Zealand on 16, that would give us a 63-seat centre-right a majority government but of course what really matters is the poll of polls so the uh, five most recent polls two of them are courier there was a horizon researcher roy morgan and a cantor um so that really you know smooths out the bumps etc and so if we put all those numbers together uh we've now got a parliament where national and act get 60 out of 120 seats and labor greens and the maori party get 60 out of 120 seats which would be a hung parliament um it's hard to see how that would go uh last last month uh that polar polls were showing 61 seats for the left uh for the two months before that we were looking at a hung parliament as well um and at this stage of the political cycle where um 12 months away from Labour seeking its third term, those are really bad poll results for Labour. were um, wor- worse than um, the same time in the previous Labour government, which was in 2004, and they almost lost that election. So um, I, I think that New Zealand has a real chance of its first two-term government since 1990, and thank Christ it's a Labour one.
1: And uh, you've also uh, been uh, writing an epic uh, guide uh, to the Auckland uh, mayoral uh, election, which uh, well, it's no, not to... just the mayoral
2: election. Um, yes, yeah, so I started. I did this in 2019, but also worked full time, and I worked for the ACT Party, so I didn't quite finish it. Uh, this time around, um, I've been working on it full time for about four weeks, um, so. It only covers Auckland because, God, I mean, I've only got limited uh, energy. And um, in the Auckland local body elections, there are 503 candidates. That includes uh, liquor licensing trusts, uh, council wards, local boards, which I guess are a bit like community boards over here, and uh, the 23 candidates for mayor. Um, so now that's all available for people to have a look at and um, see how I've rated each candidate. Um, the, the sane ones will get rated from $1 sign for being a far leftist to $5 sign for being a libertarian or something almost as good. Um, the idiots will go from one clown for being a little bit of an idiot to five clowns for being a full-blown um, a- uh, conspiracy theorist or SJW scum. Now, um, so I put out a press release today, which um, lists all of the races that have been covered. Um, If you purchase a silver membership at the bfd.co.nz, you get access to all the details of those races, as well as um, other exclusive content, such as articles, cartoons, and more. So highly recommend that people have a look at that. Um, some people have been going, oh, can't you just tell us the results without us paying for it? And it's like, well, no, I I charged the BFD a decent amount of money to write this project, and I think they deserve a return on their investment. Um, If anyone... I just want to make sure no one's under any uh, misconceptions that this is a guide to how to vote. It's not. Um, It is an explicitly biased voting guide um, because I identify the centre right and the libertarian candidates and explicitly recommend people that vote for them. Um, one of the other problems with uh, local body elections, I'm not sure how it is in Australia because I haven't lived he- through one here yet, but in an Auckland, you know, the traditional political parties from central government don't apply. So you get all these made up tickets that people have never heard of, they don't know what they stand for
1: um it's uh it's it's very hard when you get your your mail-in ballot to to know uh because you're given a blurb of each candidate and you you can sort of tell from their blurb whether they're labor greens socialists teal uh but you know it's easy for the voter to be fooled to you know be voting for a labor green without knowing
2: well that's right and i mean uh New, New Zealand does the same. You get 150-word spiel that comes with your voting papers. Um, a lot of them, are, you know, it's like trying to read between the lines on the pretentious crap on the back of a wine bottle. Oh, or they yeah. Spend, yeah. Or they spend 150 words telling you absolutely nothing at all. Uh, surprisingly, in South Auckland electorates, they like to spend most of the time telling people what, what their um, ethnic uh, background is. I guess that's a value there. Um, and... The other issue is I would say about 20 to 25% of candidates don't actually know what the body they're standing for does, especially at local board level. The amount of uh, stupid promises you see from local board candidates with no ability whatsoever to implement those policies. Um, But the the latest trend I've seen um, this time versus 2019 and 2016 um, is the number of people who are standing simply for diversity and equity. Mm. Um, Diversity being the idea that people's unchangeable characteristics, such as gender, sexuality, and ethnicity, are more important than the individuals themselves. And well, you know, if I had a body bag for for every advocate of equity, I'd have the death toll of the Soviet Union. So um, I'm definitely recommending people don't vote for them.
1: Uh, the uh, the Melbourne City Council, which uh, I mentioned, the uh, the Labor deputy Lord Mayor Nicholas uh, Rees. His his uh, other you know main uh, ro- uh, uh, time that we see him is when he's on Sky News After Dark, basically being the token labor person where he enjoys trolling uh rita Panahi and paul murray with his uh, far left views uh the lord mayor is an independent sally cap uh they've been basically uh, the main thing they've been busy with is uh uh, uh whether uh, they should lobby for changing the date of australia day they seem to have had lots of uh, consultations and, and meetings uh over that, uh, they're but, gonna keep uh, on doing it
2: because the majority is well against changing that date. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just keep on consulting until they think they've got the numbers and maybe 20 years' time.
1: Oh, well, they've got now a, a new public holiday to be triggered by the, the one off uh, a national day of mourning for Queen Elizabeth II, which in Australia will be on Thursday the 22nd so it doesn't clash with the grand final eve public holiday on the 23rd uh new zealand's is on uh monday uh, the 26th uh, so both australia and new zealand having a public day and uh jacinta she's going to the the funeral as well uh along with uh annal
2: she she probably should in fairness um, yeah, the public holiday has caused a bit of controversy in New Zealand, uh, the ACT Party as opposed to the public holiday, as they should be. Um, Treasury estimates that uh, public ho- each public holiday costs uh, businesses $450 million a day. Um, uh, but there is also controversy in uh, the Canterbury region because their anniversary day just happens to fall on the same day as this new public holiday. And so now they think they're getting ripped off. But, of course, clearly they don't give a shit about the Queen. They just want an extra day off.
1: Uh, in, uh, on the uh, Australian uh, day of mourning, the, the warriors of the the Aboriginal uh, resistance, uh, they plan to to take to the streets on... Uh, well, it's a one-off public holiday. It's not going to be every year. So they've said that this is a stance against the continued crimes committed against marginalised First Nations, black, brown and Asian communities basically throwing in. Uh, but what about uh, they left out, because uh, remember the the Irish uh, suffered uh, under British colonialism as well. well how about that? Is it because the Irish are white that they've left them off? We do not support the benefactors or stolen wealth, uh, and demand justice, truth, accountability for all. Justice uh, for all. Uh, so we'll see uh, what they uh, attempt on um, on uh, the the twenty second. Uh, but uh, we we saw it'll
2: just be you know coming up with twenty five different words to describe hatred. Hmm. It'll just be stupid rhetoric, which makes. Um, has no relevance to the reality of um, the British Empire, now Commonwealth under Queen Elizabeth II's reign, um, where they're now down to having just 14 countries uh, with uh, the British royals as head of state.
1: Well, I don't think the the modern uh, royal family, uh, you know, like cares that like other nations have left the commonwealth i mean uh, the uh, queen elizabeth uh, she didn't interfere in uh, australia's 1999 referendum she would uh, uh, respect the the outcome and uh, Australians voted to remain a constitutional monarchy um, in part because of the poor model that was put forward by the Australian Republican movement that a president would be chosen by a two-thirds majority of a joint sitting of federal parliament so it was termed a politician's republic. Uh, I think that uh, Australians they don't ever want a republic with an elected president even if it was a ceremonial president but given because in the 90s that's when the the monarchy was at its least popular because well of uh prince charles's divorce to princess diana and then her her death uh, but charles is a lot more uh what is that a uh, popular uh these these days his image has uh been re habilitated and
2: uh and so is camilla's uh, as well um, yes, i exactly. think she is genuinely popular now too
1: yeah i mean uh, the reception uh, on the on the streets of uh, the uk to to king charles have been uh, quite uh, remarkable the the only thing that he seems to have upset people is uh, with uh the the, the the pen issues that he's had
2: Is it September 12th? 13th, sir. Oh, God, in the wrong day, 13th? Yes, sir. of 12th, uh, uh, go uh, uh, Oh, God, I hate hey, this, this going up the back, Hang on. It's it's a there, thing yeah. What yeah. I yeah. do I I loved that comment there from Kesho, imagine the head of the church using the almighty name in vain.
1: Uh, I I, I liked the the, uh, British royal uh, cuss words, bloody, uh, (laughs) bloody thing, stinking. Yeah.
2: Give the guy a break. I mean, his mum died four years ago. He's 73 73 years years, Yeah, yeah, he's had 73 years to get attached to her, and now she's gone. And um, now he has to front up in the public day after day with these long engagements and I mean, he, he can hardly cry into his tea on TV. So give the guy a break.
1: And you know, a, a leaky pen going all over you. I mean, yeah, you the, cuss yourself.
2: Yeah, well, like, when I worked at Office Works, I had a couple of um, yeah uniform malfunctions thanks to some uh, fancy pens.
1: Uh, one. Royal, who is uh, disgraced uh, but is still uh, taking part in uh, some of the official proceedings, uh, Prince Andrew. So when uh, he was uh, carrying uh, his mother's uh, coffin in uh, Scotland, uh, he was heckled.
3: Oh
4: Disgusting!
2: I've done wrong. And now, uh, um, he... as far as the foreshadowing of um, Charles's reign with his pen not working, I think that that's the whole point of the monarchy is that they do very little, which makes them a very um, stable and uh, form of uh, constitutional government. But anyway. Uh, that's,
1: uh... That's what a lot of uh, constitutional uh, monarchy uh, activists argue, that it's great to have a head of state who's halfway across the world and not interested in what happens here because they're not going to interfere in our lives like our government uh, does. Uh, but, yes, going they can't back... even
2: interfere over in the UK. I mean, it, it, I think it's the perfect form of head of state. Well,
1: uh, you know, King Charles, uh, he said in his first speech uh, that, he, well, he was going to leave his uh, charities and activism to, to, to others... Uh, mm. When he was, uh, uh, quoted as not liking the the Johnson government's uh, Rwandan solution to send all the boat people to Rwanda, the Johnson government uh, was very irate at his uh, interference. So he well, constitutionally
2: you know, he was allowed to express an opinion then. Um, yeah, but as yeah, a, this,
1: yeah, as yeah. Are people uh, allowed to uh, express uh, distasteful uh remarks about uh the monarchy and the the royals that man that was uh dragged off he's been charged with a uh, breach of the peace he was wearing an australian uh melbourne uh city fc top of course it was an australian who
2: <laughs> did that no no that accent might have been a clue um i mean yeah really poor taste i it's not... I've I've protested a few things in my time, like Waitangi Day at Waitangi, um, but I would certainly not be uh, heckling the royals mm. on a royal procession. Um, mm. However, to charge him with breaching the peace, I think, is uh, quite abhorrent. Yeah, um, this has been Australia.
1: Australian patriots like Neil Erickson and Avi Yemeni when they've uh, tried to gate crash uh you know leftist uh, events but apparently uh free speech is uh important uh now uh, uh because uh there's been a few other people who've uh, been uh moved on for breach of the peace uh holding not my king and uh, abolish uh, the, the monarchy uh, so this is from the uh, the ABC so what is that uh, they quote this guy Alex who says the events of recent days feel like a scary implementation of new police powers uh, because there was a a new uh, law that was was passed uh, giving uh, the police uh, greater uh, powers uh, to, to move on. Uh, people, but that's pro- that's probably more to do dealing with those uh, disruptive, insulate, uh, Britain uh, people. But all of a sudden, uh, the 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 left le- leftists uh, care about uh, free speech and uh, uh, do He wrote on Twitter, very enheartening, watching the scenes of leftoids in the UK uh, being dragged off to jail, screeching, "Not my king!" Imagine those hate speech powers in the hands of a truly right-wing government and origin our voiceover guy uh said leftovers getting dragged off for abusing uh the queen's uh procession should be the biggest wake-up call to those on the left wing subservience to your corporate masters has not only left you in a precarious position but your denigration of the sacred has left you without popular support
2: and it's interesting um how enthusiastic the left became for private property rights when Twitter purged um, tens of thousands of members following the January six riots, myself being one of them. Um, of course, I had the consistency to actually say that Twitter had every right to do that, even though I thought they were idiots for doing so. Uh,
1: Liz Truss, uh, she was a former uh, Lib Dem who wanted to... Uh, abolish uh, the monarchy in her, in her youth. Uh, she made a, a famous uh, speech. Uh, so Liz Truss, uh, well, given that she used to hold uh, those views, uh, a spokesperson said, this is a period of national mourning for the vast vast majority of the country, but the fundamental right of protest remains the st- keystone of our democracy. Unless there's a virus with a 99% survival rate, then... Uh, <laughs>
2: Um, well, you yeah, know, I was a Republican uh, for many years too. I'm well um, a
1: Republican in principle, um, but obviously, uh, there I can uh, appreciate, especially for the 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 people of the the UK, uh, how uh, the the role of the monarchy is the the protector of the uh, of the of the the realm has uh, been important for them especially when they've had uh so many politicians uh uh behaving badly being uh hypocrites
2: Mm, mm. um but yeah i mean you know in probably in the last 10 years or so i've actually uh, done a backflip and i am uh, quite an enthusiastic supporter of the constitutional monarchy quite simply because it does nothing um, I the wish only, we had more politicians that do nothing.
1: Yeah, the the only hope uh, for the uh, Australian Republican movement is if Prince, uh, King Charles uh, becomes a a meddling monarch and advocates for causes that they that they like, such as as climate change, because then the conservatives will turn against the the monarchy. Uh, the ALP, uh, Labour Party, they. Uh, have a official position of supporting a republic and uh, uh, their assistant minister for the republic, Matt, this is a tongue twister. Uh, he ha- had a, a fundraiser that he was a, a keynote, uh, going to be the, the key speaker at for uh, $1,250 for the Australian Republican movement, which is currently led by uh, bandana man, uh, pirate uh, Peter Fitzsimons uh so it was uh, it was going yeah it was going to um, going to be uh yeah like uh, I think maybe in a week or two weeks time it doesn't say in this article but uh, yeah it's been ripped from the the website now but apparently after the, the morning period the Republican movement is you know going to have a a reset uh relaunch yeah
2: mm. Yeah, and I I can't imagine it um, ever succeeding unless there is a directly um, elected president. But, um, yeah, and there there are countries out there that have um, largely ceremonial uh, directly elected presidents, but I just don't see the point.
1: Uh, In Australia, we had an NRLW uh, player uh, Caitlin uh, Moran, who's uh, been disciplined by the NRLW for a now-deleted uh, Instagram post uh, celebrating uh, the, the the death of the Queen, so she had a got a one-match ban and suspended 25% uh, of her her pay. So the Rugby League Players Association has uh, claimed that uh, it's uh, disproportionate, and even though it was a tasteless uh, Instagram uh, post. She's still entitled to her uh, free speech.
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, there's so there's some of these roles where they've actually signed contracts where they need to watch their mouth. And um, so, well, a, 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 if you're going to consent to minimising your free speech in exchange for a lot of money each year, well then so be it. Shut your mouth. Um but I don't I don't know what the specifics of this one are. But you know, generally when it comes to these tasteless sorts of comments, um I think sunshine's the best, best disinfectant. I, I don't mean, let everybody NRL know what he said. Now
1: he uh, I should have been entitled to his uh, free speech. He shouldn't have lost his uh, rugby union career uh, for quoting uh, the Bible, uh, and neither should uh, this uh, NRLW player have uh, some of uh, her salary uh, cut uh, as well. But this is about you know, this is the the problem with with modern uh, sports uh, uh, that uh, they're. Their their freedoms are curtailed uh, by employment contracts, which is a whole... Well, the NRL and AFL, they do receive a lot of government funding, so you can't say that they're a private company. No,
2: no, and they should not be receiving that funding. Mm. Um, Women's sports are especially bad for it because nobody wants to watch them um but you know in a perfect system in which um these are privately owned and funded companies and um they offer contracts paying people extraordinary amounts of money to um to play sport on the proviso you don't say horrible things about the queen when she dies well you know you, you take the good with the bad <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, Caitlin Moran, she is. She does identify as Indigenous, even though she does have uh, uh, red hair.
2: So, oh, like Lydia Thorpe, the proud black woman.
1: Mm. And uh, uh, Lydia Thorpe, uh, she uh, wasn't uh, the most offensive uh, green when it came to commenting on the on the Queen Elizabeth passing that uh, belonged to uh, Marine Faruqi. Uh, but uh, uh, she uh, didn't like uh, Pauline Hanson uh, last week, uh, telling her to pack her bags and piss off back to, to Pakistan. Uh, she is uh, now uh, wanting Pauline Hanson to be censured by the, the Senate uh, because, uh, what is that, uh, it, that uh, comment uh, by Pauline Hanson co- caused her uh, hurt and, and sorrow. And she's also, uh, going to be, uh, launching a, a human rights, uh, commission, uh, complaint, uh, against, uh, uh, Pauline Hansen uh, as well. Uh, so yeah, Marine Fruki uh, apparently her free speech is okay to, uh, call Queen Elizabeth the leader of a, a racist empire, but, uh, Pauline Hansen she like that's been a, a one of a uh, signature slogans throughout uh all her career if you don't like it here uh go back to to where you came from I mean she's been saying that for years and uh, her slogan is I've got the guts to say what you're all thinking and probably a lot of Australians were thinking that about uh marine uh Fariki and um uh, yeah, I, mean, I
2: don't necessarily um uh, advocate sending people back to the country they came from when they're now citizens in this country. But but this response to Paul, what Pauline Hansen has said is absolutely disgraceful. Um, I mean they could they could have duped it out on Twitter and that's that's what you do in politics. But to then go and say she's going to lay a complaint with the Australian human rights Uh, board and um, seek to censor her from parliament and try and inflict punishment on Pauline for sharing an opinion I think that's horrible Mm. she she Um, she looks like the worst one out of this
1: yeah and uh, in response to the Greens claiming that Pauline's created an unsafe uh, work environment for them uh, Pauline Hanson's colleague Malcolm Roberts said I'm glad uh, the Greens have agreed to stop their endless campaign of hate against me as an Indian born person because uh, Malcolm Roberts was born in India uh, even though obviously he is 100 uh, percent white uh, but you know he decided to, to play the he's an Indian Australian because oh, he what is it he he got knocked out during the the dual uh, citizenship uh, uh, crisis he but he didn't he wasn't found to hold uh indian citizenship but uh british citizenship even though he was born after indian independent uh, independence uh he was conferred with uh, british citizenship at birth
2: mm. very confused that was very confusing
1: he said at the time, uh, like when it uh, came out about his, uh, he was born in India. He said, uh, "I don't have uh, Indian, uh, 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 Indian citizenship because uh, I'm not a uh, a cricket ball chucker and I haven't worked at Seven 11s Though, <laughs> so as people correctly pointed out, uh, the uh, alleged uh, ball chucker, uh, Muralitharan, is Sri Lankan.
2: Yes, he right? is. <laughs> So, yeah, um, bad all round there, really, wasn't it? Though, of course, this Pakistan uh, Pakistan born MP uh, really is the lowest of the low.
1: Uh, So let's move on to, uh, obviously, uh, New Zealanders go to the polls in roughly a year, but in just over two months, uh, Victorians uh, will go to the polls. You can't vote in our state election, uh, even though uh, you'll be uh, ruled uh, by whoever becomes Premier afterwards uh, for the next uh, four years. So had, I think uh, Elbow's going to sort this out for me by Anzac Day, isn't he? Um, I think that's what it's, yeah, it's what I'd say. It's probably on the back burner given that, well, he's suspended parliament, uh, this week and is, so he still, got, he still hasn't uh, got his, what is it? Integrity commission, uh, bill drafted yet. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on, but, uh, Roy Morgan, um, well, their polls are, are mainly uh, are wrong, uh, but they had a. How do you
2: say that? Because um, uh, um, when um, I put them into my polar poll trends in New Zealand, they're largely sticking with the trends, but.
1: Yeah, so... Different countries. I've done a a two-party preferred, uh, which is is probably becoming more meaningless given that. uh, So it's 58 ALP, LNP 42, but the ALP primary vote is 36.5. The LNP is is 29. A third of Victorians say they will vote for a minor party or independence. The Guardian Essential uh, poll uh, found similar albeit with uh, the uh, coalition they always uh, the coalition's votes always lower in in Roy Morgan so uh uh, essential it's actually so even though Guardian essential essential is a left-wing organization they're the most accurate in my opinion so they found 35.3 percent intended to give Labor their first preference uh vote and the coalition 32.2, uh, Greens at uh, at 10%. So it looks like that, uh, based on the polls, Daniel Andrews is going to win a, a third term, but it could be a hung parliament with uh, the Greens or, or Teals uh, or other independents uh, having uh, the, the balance of power. Uh, though, uh, Dan Andrews, he is, uh, his spin is starting to catch up with him, uh, such as when he tried to bury the triple zero, uh, failures, uh, report on a Saturday during the footy finals that 33 Victorians had died, uh, due to, triple uh, zero, uh, failures and, uh, When it was uh, uh, broken in the the Herald Sun on Thursday uh, that a Victorian woman uh, had to travel to Adelaide uh, to get a scan because there wasn't one available in Victoria, the Education Minister, Natalie Hutchins, said you've just got to roll with the punches uh, during uh, cancer treatment. Well, uh, Victorians past two and a half years have had to roll with the the head stomps from the victoria police or the the the, the choking as well so I had to roll with a lot of uh, brutality uh from this uh government so she apologized for it and what is it? uh uh, said that uh, Dan Andrews said that uh, chose her words unwisely. She's apologized for that. I hope there's no offense, I don't think there was anything attended. I'll apologize as well. All I can say is again, personally, very sorry.
2: Um, just going back to that Roy Morgan poll as well, um, the the Greens got 14 support. I believe they've got zero seats in the lower house though, currently, no, house three
1: in Victoria. Uh, Melbourne, uh, Brunswick, and uh, what's the other one? Paran. So they're hoping to pick up Albert Park, Northcote, and uh, what's the other one? Richmond. Uh, they're hoping to to double uh, to six. They've only got one in there, the upper
2: house. Uh,
1: so oh, maybe- that may be
2: where I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, um, it's nice to see that... Um, uh, liberal democrats are polling at 1.5 percent. Um, they've never appeared in a Roy Morgan poll since the last election when they got 0. 0.1. Yeah. Um, Victoria. but of course, the liberal democrats will be depending on senate for representation rather than winning a lower house electorate.
1: Victoria still has uh, group voting tickets where you can sit, where you can just put a one above the line and the party. Yeah ticket decides the preferences so you can still it's called the they're the preference lottery so parties that still get like one or two percent primary can still get a quota if all the preferences uh go their way uh but uh dan andrews
2: d- will do the job won't it in mm. some way uh the shooter fishers and farmers party got one seat with 0.6 percent
1: mm. uh yeah. dan An- Dan Andrews' his uh, election slogan is uh, "Doing what matters," and as people have rightly pointed out, how come you haven't done what matters uh, for the past eight years? Uh, uh, because obviously, uh, the, uh, the the healthcare system that he's overseen for past eight years and he was health minister under the uh labor brumby government in the the 2000s uh so one of his announcements this week was uh uh, 20, uh million for a a a what were called uh paramedic practitioners so they they like they come in an ambulance but they treat the person there so they don't have to to go to hospital uh so uh, they're 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 promoting this as a a national first and uh also announcing uh an expansion it'll of the, just, it'll just tie hospital.
2: Up the ambulances
1: he's uh, uh, announced an expansion of the one hospital in uh south gippsland obviously uh that's also they're wanting to retain the the seat of bass uh down down there as as well uh so I think it's still unpredictable, this election, because uh, like it was quite the the mainstream media really turned on him over that triple uh, zero uh, dumping it on a Saturday. So I think, you know, things could unravel in the the election campaign. And um, there have been surprises in Victorian state elections. Uh, Jeff Kennett losing the 1999 state election and the Brumby government losing the 2010 uh election. So I mean oh, and still... the
2: most recent federal election was full of surprises. I didn't see any of them coming.
1: Oh uh, it was, you know, the, the polls were were right on the whole. Uh yeah. New South Wales goes to the polls in March next year and the Labour opposition leader Chris Mins uh, he's having to, to deal with uh, one of the, uh, well, the the, the rail uh, workers unions uh, going full uh, nuclear with their, with their rail uh, strike where they've now decided mm. to just let people ride the trains uh, for free uh, because uh, they're not liking the fact that new trains don't need guards on them. And uh, Chris Minns, he had a revolutionary new policy that, uh, uh, mobile phones would be banned in schools, though maybe it should be his phone that should be confiscated so he doesn't uh, tweet and then delete a, a horror, abhorrent <laughs> post that he put through today. A woman in New South Wales is more likely to be sexually assaulted than to smoke. Unacceptable. And most people's reaction to that was, What the fuck? Who told you to tweet that? So it's being deleted now. <laughs>
2: my goodness
1: <clears throat> so we are coming towards the well we're already over time so we're at the the end of the show so if you've got a super chat or question I put the entropy link in uh, again uh, Brucey agrees with me what does that uh, even mean yes so a uh, other uh, other news that that uh, I was uh, you may have may have missed is that uh, we are going to uh, the Bureau of Meteorology has forecast another Lel uh event uh, this summer which is a, a weather pattern in the the South uh, Pacific so it'll be another wet uh, summer uh, so the Emergency Management uh, Minister Murray Watt tweeted out that uh, the Australian government is getting prepared, so you should be too, now for what you're doing in a flood. Well, you haven't stopped there, you know, <laughs> the, what is that? I live,
2: I live on the 11th floor of an apartment. I'm fine.
1: Well, Melbourne doesn't tend to flood. It's, you know, probably mm. the uh, Warragamba Dam will spill over uh, in northwestern Sydney again. Uh, the Windsor Bridge will be underwater. Hawkesby uh, Hawkesbury River will overflow.
2: Uh, Melbourne doesn't seem to have earthquakes either, and my very first earthquake was experienced in Melbourne last year.
1: Yes, uh, which um, you know, where some said was uh, you know God's uh, you know punishment for Dan Andrews thinking he was God uh, with his uh, COVID lockdowns. It happened during the the week of rage uh, with the 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 tradie, uh protest mm. in uh, in Melbourne. It happened on the on the Thursday there. So
2: so I think, I think we covered it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so thank you everyone uh, for watching. Uh regulars, uh, it's always great to uh, to to see the the uh, live commentary contributions uh, from uh, you and the the, the chat. Uh, I'll be back on Monday for Tim's News Explosion, which uh, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on the Wilmsfront channels. Uh, that'll be as uh, the Queen's funeral is, is happening at, uh, at uh, Westminster Abbey, and she'll be laid to rest uh, later at Windsor Ca- Castle next to her husband, uh, uh, Prince uh, Philip. Uh, I'll be off to watch the footy now. Uh my Brisbane Lions made the semi-final against Geelong after our upset win against uh Melbourne, so I'm very excited for another upset that we could uh, hopefully make our first grand final in 18 years it would be super exciting.
2: I'm going to have to learn how that game works sometime.
1: <laughs> Thank uh, you lady that? of hmm. Yeah, the, the 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 rugby crowd they refer to it as uh uh, disparagingly as aerial ping pong or, you know, if they want to be really crass, they'll call it gay <laughs> Yeah, well,
2: it just looks like football with um, cricket umpires to me, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it.
1: What's well, on a cricket oval. <laughs> Alright, good night yeah, everyone.
2: Awesome. Thanks very stay much safe. everyone. Uh,
1: stay healthy and uh, stay dry, given that it's uh, the wet season <laughs> again.
0: <laughs>
2: See you later. Thanks for
0: tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.